Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's been a wild freedom Like most of my listeners, you are devouring these episodes, fascinated by the women's stories, and wondering if you could do this too. Do you wish that you had a step by step strategy for how to actually plan and manifest your free birth? Our complete guide to free birth is the number one course for free birth, and we made it for women just like you. It's a self guided online intensive course that will teach you everything we think you need to know about how to birth freely and in your power. We'll take you all the way from unpacking industrial care to what DIY prenatal care looks like, how to pick and prep your support team, what to expect, look out for, and how to shift when more support could be needed. Yes, we'll cover the what-ifs, how to prevent complications, and how to orient your entire life towards a powerful birth. So head on over to freebirthsocietycourses.com now and take the first step towards the birth of your dreams. This is a special week in my life because I'm sitting down with my best friend, my partner, my beloved husband, Johnny, to do our 40-week wrap-up episode. We did this in my first pregnancy with our daughter, and here we are again, recording on my actual 40th week date. We'll walk through the year of my pregnancy, I'll share the highs and lows, and then we'll tackle a bunch of questions you all sent in to us. Please enjoy our giggly attempt to have a real conversation while I'm floating away into labor land. I'll see you on the other side. Okay, so we are here to do my 40 week wrap up. And we did this with my first pregnancy when gosh, yeah, four and a half years ago when I was pregnant with our daughter and it was kind of a beloved fan favorite. So I got a lot of requests to do it again with this one. And actually today, I think, is my real 40-week mark, I think. Congratulations. Yeah. So the problem with that is I'm floating away. I'm only half here. It's been really hard to keep my wits about me. And I'm going to do my best. <laughs> You're doing great. All right. So I think the kind of format that we followed last time was we talked a bit about the conscious conception path and went through the trimesters 
And then we asked each other questions, but this time I asked you all from my newsletter and through Q and A's on Instagram, uh, what questions you had for us as a couple and individually, and we got a ton. And so we're going to just pick out a couple that we want to ask each other and that's how we'll finish. Okay. This baby, whew, I've been pregnant for a long time. You're maximum pregnant right now. Yeah, it feels, it feels like it's been a really long time, but I don't feel like over it. I'd be happy to stay pregnant for another month if I could, but I have a lot more going on than I did with, uh, with Miss Sunier. So I guess we could kick it off saying that we knew we were ready maybe a year and a half ago or or longer but right around the time that I was thinking of wanting to be pregnant again so our kiddo would have been like I, I don't know three or something my knee went out and so I had a whole year of literally going in and out of being on crutches not being able to walk a lot of physical pain a lot of rehabbing and it was awful and so of course there's no way I was going to get pregnant in that year. And so that put us a year later, which actually now as it's all worked out, feels really perfect that she's the age that she's at and she's so with it. Helpful and yeah. sweet and also takes care of herself. Right. Super independent. And just so with it, it doesn't feel daunting at all to think about adding a newie with a four and a half year old. No, and she's been so sweet connecting with belly and <laughs> talking to the little one my favorite thing is that she's repeatedly said she wants to take over all the mothering duties except for breastfeeding which is probably not what will happen but it's a very cute idea so yeah we started the conception journey last fall and it took we're not exactly sure but i think three rounds three attempts and three months i think is the correct term Three months. <laughs> Three months. And uh, yeah, I was convinced after it didn't take the first time that I was infertile and that, you know, all of the terrible ways I haven't taken care of myself since I've become a mom were now going to coalesce in obvious infertility, which I think is a really common worry, freak out. I mean, it was not that big of a deal. And then we eventually just tried this, what we call the Sunier method, which is where you just have sex every day, which is how we got pregnant with Sunier the second month or third month. Second month. I think I got pregnant on January 1st and the first trimester was horrific. <laughs> I know it can be worse, which I kept trying to remind myself, but I was teaching RBK full-time like coaching working all the shit that I do and so sick so nauseous so sick oof I was just going like I teach a class I moved my office into this room that's next to our bedroom normally I'm out here in this little like it's kind of like a shed like a nice shed and I moved my office next to my bed so that I could teach my classes and then just walk three feet to my bed and lay there and feel sorry for myself and then get back up for my next session. Yeah. But whatever. It did not end at 12 weeks though. 
I feel like I was pretty messed up until like 18 or something. It's been different than Suni's pregnancy in that way, for sure. Oh, God. It was terrible. (laughs) And I wasn't even puking constantly like some women. It was just that like constant feeling of nausea. I don't really have anything good to say about the first Not wanting to eat anything. Oh, I mean. Needing to eat every 90 minutes. Yeah. To stave off nausea. That was pretty hard. I remember saying multiple times, like, if I had known it was going to be like this, I wouldn't have done it. (laughs) But that's kind of the thing. There's no going back. Whatever. What are you going to do? It's part of it. It's over. And then, but it really rocked me. It was hard. But also in that, hard is what you make it. And there was, well, I guess I'll get to that. But one of my big, you know, lessons of this pregnancy was like, who are you in this? Are you going to just be a complaining, annoying person who's miserable and feel sorry for herself? And I chose that path plenty, you know, and how does that serve my family and how, what I'm moving towards. And I haven't, I haven't spent a lot of time in victim. Like I, I mean, in some ways I I do, but I'm much more like solution oriented and, and not that big of a complainer. And yeah, to go from a year with the knee where I really met my victim into, I guess what I would call kind of a hard pregnancy was, I mean, the only really descriptive word I have is annoying, but it was challenging. Definitely pushed my mental capacity to also be working, choosing to work, you know, as much as I, as much as I do and did. And then right when the nausea felt like it started to curb, I started to get really debilitating migraines. And that was a whole new world. I've dealt with migraines on and off since I was in high school, but not, not with that regularity. Yeah. Come all the time. And- I mean, I would have six day migraines, seven day migraines. And I mean, migraines like, whew, can't get out of bed, can't talk. Just the whole, the whole thing. It was quite dramatic for a while. Yeah. It was pretty hard and awful actually reflecting on it. And also at the same time, life goes on and my life is amazing. I'm doing tons of stuff and we're a happy family and like we're trying to make space for, oh, that's what I wanted to mention is I finally, one of my girlfriends, Amy um, Robertson Griffin, finally recommended or reminded me about weed, which I completely forgot about. <laughs> I just... How fast the exchange. <laughs> I completely forgot about weed. It never occurred to me to smoke weed with Suni. And yeah, she brought it up about the nausea. And I started introducing weed into my life again. I mean, after a very long time. Oh my gosh. Do you remember how helpful that was? Oh, that was a game changer. It didn't ever help with the headaches, but for the remaining maybe month or so using yeah, cannabis for my nausea was so helpful. And I wish I had thought about it way, 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 way sooner. But it literally did not occur to me. I feel like that happens a lot. Like, I feel like I know so many things as a midwife to tell women. And I can't ever remember them for myself. Like with Suni, I had all those like internal cuts and tears after the birth. And I just was like crying, peeing when, cause it was stinging so bad. And then finally someone, one of my girlfriends, like day, it was like day four or five was like, why are you using a peri bottle with warm water to dilute the acid in the urine? And I was like, oh, right. Literally forgot. I can't remember any of it. 
yeah. <laughs> okay. So migraines, horrific. And then I finally started working with a longtime friend of mine who's a naturopath, Jen Tice, who does homeopathy. And between that and my girlfriend, Arielle, who was on the podcast recently, um, introducing me to adrenal cocktails, like changed my life. And in, interesting, at least to me, the homeopathy that helped so much was NAPMR, which is salt. And then the adrenal cocktails obviously have salt in them. So I'm maybe salt deficiency. The day we were prepping in June, I was still getting migraines up prepping for the festival. And the day Emily Bruce, who actually edits this podcast, hi, Emily, <laughs> came the day she arrived was the day Ariel made me an adrenal cocktail. And I started my homeopathy and I never got another migraine. So that's not a very interesting story for anyone else, but for me, it was literally like, it was a, big deal. It was a huge deal because I was really worried about how I was going to function, you know, running the festival. And I just thought this was like my life and I didn't understand what was happening. It was really awful. Yeah. Anyway, so that's all the bummer stuff. Yeah, we were busy. Everything kind of gets better from there. So yeah, lots of property development and legal stuff and adult. Ugh, so much adulting. Yeah. Yeah. And then being pregnant at the festival was great. Other than that, I'm not used to feeling tired and feeling tired. It's like a fairly foreign concept to my feisty personality. And I remember missing Sister Morningstar's village prenatal, like three hour class happening on my land, like a total climactic experience for me as, you know, someone who has followed it, you know, in her path in so many ways and has looked up to her for so long. And she's literally there. I think it was Wednesday morning and I, I physically couldn't get out of bed. I, I, I did also learn how to DJ while I was, <laughs> while I was in the bed with my girlfriend, Hannah Grace. Silver lining. Silver lining was I learned how to DJ today, but I missed what seemed like one of the most incredible parts of the entire festival happening just right there. And I just couldn't do it. I was too tired. Anyway, okay, cruising along. We're just going to do a quick wrap up on the pregnancy and then we'll ask the questions and hopefully this gets more interesting. What about you up until, up until let's take it to, well, July, July's like recovery. We go to the beach for a while and then we go to Hawaii. That was chill. It was pretty chill. A after the festival it was mostly chill. Yeah. We committed to kind of not take on more giant projects and Traveled a bit, took some time on the beach, which was nice. But then I got sick. Yeah. I got sick at the beach on our vacation, and then I got sick in Hawaii. That was really lame. I've been sick three times since pregnancy, and I'm just like a fragile little bitch right now. I, kind of are. I am not usually like that. I like never get sick. Mm -hmm. But here I am, getting sick. <sighs> Hawaii was amazing. We took Suni back to where she was born. We did a helicopter ride over Iao Valley to show her where we may or may not have possibly buried her placenta. Probably shouldn't see that stuff on. <laughs> we definitely didn't do that. Did not do that. No. Yeah, and just had really quality family time. And then on the last morning, we were going to go to our favorite beach and recreate the FBS podcast picture of me when I was pregnant with Suni with my arms up on the, the like ocean bank. And I woke up so sick and I puked and thought my waters opened, but really I just peed. And that was embarrassing. And I was like, 
John, you have to find me pants. We have to go to the airport. Sure. And we had to make our flight. And I was just so sick. I had a fever coming on and oh, diarrhea. And like bad <clears throat> nausea. Like pelvis discomfort. Oh, God, my back hurt so Your bad. Back. It just something creeped on me so quick. Worst plane ride ever for you. Yeah. It was horrific. Yeah, but I do see the gifts in all that stretching, and I'm trying to remember that as I, you know, enter into Laborland any day now. Yeah, because really, I guess I didn't realize that most of this podcast was going to be me complaining about the pregnancy. <laughs> but, you know, you're holding both things. Like, there's the physicality of it, and also, of course, I'm grateful, blah, 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 everything good, and get through it. <laughs> But being sick on a plane, that was a first. Not being able to lay down with a fever. That was pretty brutal, actually. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, Sunni was an angel. I think it's a good mind exercise of right. maybe laying itself where it's like, this is happening and you're not getting out of it. So we're on a plane over the Pacific and there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. You know, one weird thing, though, is I was clearly not OK on the plane. <laughs> and, I mean, I was standing yeah i'm like, uh, standing rocking i may be 34 35 weeks so already huge and i'm wearing like a you know delta blanket because i weirdly didn't bring anything for the plane and i have a fever so i'm freezing and hot i'm just pathetic you know and my feet are so swollen and i'm having contractions because i'm dehydrated i mean it was just all so bad and i'm standing there and i'm like swaying and i'm having contractions and i'm like oh and i'm like clearly miserable not one freaking person, employee of the airlines or otherwise, not one person asked if I was okay, which ultimately I didn't want, right? Like, yeah, you know what totally. I mean? But in reflection, yeah. I was like, that's crazy that there was an entire flight crew for six hours. I'm like, not okay. I mean, do you remember how I was turning around on the seat? Because my yeah. hips, for some reason just like had me and I was like it was so uncomfortable and it I was sitting like were in labor. I know it's just so weird because they were walking by us constantly and maybe I just put my invisibility cloak on stronger yeah. than I realized but I mean you had to like move out of denial for people to walk past you constantly so. it was really strange that not one flight attendant was like ma'am do you, you yeah do you need anything at all and really, the only thing I would have asked was, is there anywhere I can lay down? But it was a full flight, so I already knew. Yeah. I would have pursu pursued that had I had I thought it was possible. Yeah. So that was brutal. And thankfully, we had had the foresight to break up the flights coming home because we're out in North Carolina. You go through Atlanta. Obviously, Hawaii is where it is. And so you fly through California, and they're both six-hour flights. So, you know, pretty, pretty intense travel day. And... Thankfully, we stopped halfway in San Francisco and got like a nice hotel and slept and that was fine. And then I woke up and got a fever all over again. Mm -hmm. I got like sleep and then woke up and was like, it's coming back. But you and then the rest between flights, which would not have been an option otherwise. So. And then I weirdly felt good. I couldn't eat the entire day, which is like, you know, a horrible combination <laughs> pregnant. It was so weird. That was the weirdest traveling experience. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm I'm fine. All of a sudden at midnight, the nausea, our kids asleep. We're laying in bed. My fever's broke. I literally haven't eaten food all day. 
And all of a sudden at midnight, I turned to him and I'm like, I have to eat because I feel capable all of a sudden I have to eat and it has to be in and out and it has to be right now. <laughs> and so we got into a whole thing because I was just going to go She's get like, it. I'll just Uber and, and go. <laughs> And I was like, I'm not going to send my sick pregnant, pregnant <laughs> sick wife in an Uber in a strange part of the city. So I went. So he went. And he got me in and out, which I only started eating meat a year ago. So it was actually my first time having like an in and out burger, which whatever, I'm not even saying was good or anything. Just noting changes in my life. And I got a milkshake and fries. And it was so good. And then I woke up and, and felt, slept. and then I slept and then I woke up and had diarrhea again and got a fever again. It was right back into the whole thing. But that was a really nice like half hour for us. Thank you for going. You're welcome. So yeah, the other thing that I want to shout out is my girlfriend, Isabella recommended that I steal, I mean, borrow a pillow from the hotel to travel with that day. And that was, I mean, on the scale of like, guidance that I've ever gotten in my life for how like compared to how badly I would need it that was such a game changer to have that plushy ass pillow that whole day and I could lay down the airport with the pillow this is such a boring story but it was really deeply meaningful to me because <laughs> then it was a whole different car uh plane ride all right moving on I was sick blah 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 but then when we were in the truck on the way home I thought well you thought I was in labor more than I thought yeah Around 34, 35 weeks. Because I kind of still thought that maybe your water's open the day before. And, and not that I had just totally peed while I puked. No, I was in the bed. I wasn't puking in the bed. I, I was really puking in the toilet. I, don't know how I was caring for our other child. But it was pee. It was not, it was not like a, a prideful moment for Emily Saldea. I'm glad that. You weren't in labor. Yeah. But there, and then I cried at the airport because he was like, you're in labor. And I was having painful contractions. Obviously I was just dehydrated, but I was like, wow, okay. We're in San Francisco going to a hotel. I'm sick. And I might be in labor. Like, what is that going to be like? And I like mapped it all out as we got, <laughs> as we got to the hotel, because we Ubered there, I guess. And I was like, okay, so I'll have the baby here at the hotel. I don't need anything. And then we'll move over to an Airbnb the next day. And then when I feel up for the cross country road trip, we'll just rent a car and I'll sit in the back with the baby. And like, we've got this. It's totally fine. It would have been fine. What's the big deal? We had somebody looking after our sheep. The sheep were the last thing I could care about. Just saying uh, things were taken care of. You could have done it that way. But it is nice. I mean, you know, choosing free birth, part of part of the liberation within it is to unravel the dependencies that we as women, you know, have been conditioned to think that we need on people and things in order to do this biological event, right? And you don't actually need anything. We know that women go into the woods or the fields, you know, or anywhere into the bathrooms of, of restaurants and grocery stores. I mean, a woman gave birth at a Trader Joe's in LA when I lived there um, on accident, but still, you know, so that is, you know, so many women, for example, it's making me think of with the festival, so many women DM'd me or emailed me, you know, I'm in my, I'll be in my third trimester. Do you think it's safe to come to the festival? I don't want to be away from my midwife. I don't want to be away from my partner. Is it safe? Is it safe? And 
you know, I don't even ever know what to say to any of that because what does that even mean? Like you could give birth. Yes, you could give birth. And what do you think you need and address that and then make your decisions around it. You know, I was with my family. Yeah. What is safety? You're traveling to men. Is that safe? You know, what does that even mean? Leaving your house. Is staying in your house safe? It's not. Although I do prefer it. Yeah. <laughs> My closet shut in. I'm like, I like to stay quite near it. Yeah. Outside is fine. <laughs> if it's on our property. Quite near it. <laughs> is that us getting old and weird? Or is that just like, does that, is that actually what everyone secretly wants? <laughs> I have always, I have always considered that that's what everybody secretly wants. And they are misguided to think otherwise. And to think that they want to be like in cities. Back around, even if they're super old. Yeah. Eventually they'll be like, oh, right. My safe place. Right. Introversion is the word. Is that a word? Introversion? Introverted? Well, that's a word. Introversion, yeah. yeah. It is here. Safe space. Yeah, okay. So we come home and we're in the truck. And it's a two and a half hour drive. And that was when I actually was like, I might be in labor. Because I was like, oh, oh. I was like fully having labor contractions in the front seat. It was terrible. But then I kept just being like, my body wouldn't do this. This is not how my body wants to give birth. It's not going to do this. And it didn't. It couldn't possibly do it away from Our hot home. water and towels. Hot water and towels. We need, we need sterile water. clamps. So we get the towels. Yeah. I mean, I was with you and Suni, and that was really all. Yeah. Really, everything else is, is material and therefore doesn't matter. That was the dramatic dramatic sick story it was terrible made it home and that felt nice oh my god we were like we're never leaving again we're never then, traveling again and then soon and i got sick <laughs> <laughs> so we were like hella jet lagged and i forgot about that and that was we, a dark week we're not in labor but yeah but i was still recovering yeah it was a weird week it was a weird week yeah. And it was such a bummer to end our trip like that because we had the best time in hawaii and then weird. it was like hardcore survival mode anyway that was august it's now september yeah okay so then the last i mean this is just really i don't think probably interesting to anybody but i just feel like the last one has like skipped forward yeah <laughs> when do they well what to what part <laughs> hoping it gets better i stop in every minute to listen oh it's terrible i mean look people asked so the people who have for some reason have any interest in our relationship and in my pregnancy are getting the story all right so the last i don't know yeah month or two for me has just been wrapping up my work and by wrapping up it's like a total joke because nothing's ever wrapped it's just it's just me working a lot but it's all stuff i love you know slightly less there now it's slightly less. less. Well, this week is slightly less. We'll yeah, just getting stuff in order. I mean, because I'm also going through this big scaling and up leveling with Freebird Society, like within the business, while ugh, there's just so much stuff happening all the time, which we choose and, and we create and we love, of course, but it's a lot. We're doing it all on purpose. Totally, totally, no, totally. It's like, oh man, we're so busy. Yeah, but it's all our creation, yeah. so. It's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, anyway, I don't, I don't really know what else I have to say about the end. I, I could speak to some differences about, you know, with Sunni A being my first pregnancy and, you know, it was a wild pregnancy. And so I didn't have anyone to like check in with um, medically, like obviously I did with my friends, but just walking that path for the first time, there was what ifs to grapple with. There was just random ways of capping out, like my famous one is that I would just make up that she wouldn't have a face and he would come home from work and I'd be like, I'm positive. Like she's definitely not forming a face, which is a very weird thing. For whatever reason. Well, it was because one of my midwife friends had attended a birth at the beginning of my pregnancy. They thought it was Zika, but it wasn't, but the baby had some condition. I can't remember what it's called where the skull wasn't formed. Oh, yeah, and Zika. it, remember that? And it wasn't, it like didn't have all the face anyway it haunted me and it was like my go-to thing to freak out about like if I wanted if my brain wanted some candy of something to be scared of I was like well that's one of the most horrific situations I could think of yeah anyway so I mean it really wasn't stressful but I did I did play with or toy with fear in my pregnancy with Sunye in a way that just hasn't been interesting to me at all in this pregnancy and obviously I've walked the path before I've grown and birthed a healthy baby my life is very full and very like there's so much going on that requires so much of me and and I'm in such a constantly creative state uh, I think that has probably fundamentally been one of the biggest reasons why I'm just more interested in in hanging out in that space versus being like nervous or anxious or, you know what I mean? None of that stuff even seems interesting to me. Yeah, what if? Well, then I'll handle it. What else is there to even talk about? Like the integration of this new paradigm is so much more embodied now for me four plus years later than it was when I went through my first, you know, experience with this. And I've really noticed that even though the pregnancy has been more challenging, you could argue psychologically. It has not been. Not at all. At least for me, it has not even really been forefront of our consciousness in the way that Sunni's was. We just were so busy and it feels like we have so got this and that there's nothing to worry about or fear that it becomes kind of every day. I think we're also far more present to our lives now. Like when I was pregnant with Sunni, it was all about getting to where we're going. Yeah. It was about like stacking money and figuring place. out where we were going to be and figuring out, you know, what I was going to do with FBS and figuring out what you were going to do in your industry. And it just was a lot of like looking to the future and trying to build. And now we're like inside of it now. Do you remember when we were staying with Megan on Maui and looking for the next place and we were really striking out and you had like a dark night of the soul. The 36 week breakdown. Yeah, we, may have, we may have spoken about that on the last go around. We did because women will write me and be like, I'm not leaving my house. I, like some one woman told me I'm not coming to the festival because I'll be 36 weeks. And because you had a mental breakdown of 36 weeks, I'm scared. I will too. And I was like, that is not, shared it with you the old 36 week mental breakdown people just take me so seriously it was not a, an actual mental breakdown i had like an hour-long freak out you like carry on right in the evening because we couldn't find a place right i like felt things i felt stressed and expressed and it then we found a place to live like the next day. <laughs> the next day okay what was your point 
um, my point was part of what was happening for us at that time, which again, we expressed in the last go around was that we didn't have place. We were looking, so much was unknown for us, even where we were going to live next month in a way that here it's not. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get buried right over there, hopefully in a long time, but. Um, totally legal. It's not. I don't think so. I think bury you, probably, you, you probably should not say that. <laughs> I've never done it. We've never done it. To be sure, but and we never will. I just meant when I was like oldly, like nothing weird. Well, I think there's that um, maybe Oregon or Washington where you like can buy a pod for yourself, like a seed sack, and it has to. You have to send the body there legally. This is my preliminary understanding. You'd ha I'd have to send, assuming that you die first. That's your statistically is most likely oh, for sure. Plus so I'm then, years older than you. You're not 20 years older. <laughs> and so then, yeah, you ship the body there. They like put it in a pod, like a seed pod. And then you can have it back. And then you can bury it. Once it's a seed pod. This is an airtight. <laughs> this is an airtight plant. I have a feeling that North Carolina does not. Oh, I don't think they take kindly. Place. I don't think they <laughs> take kindly to my seed pod plan. But there, there is a website I saw one of the students from RBK showed to me recently in the last round. And it was like a little complicated with the transporting, but seemed legal. Okay, well, we'll put a pin in that until <laughs> later. We can figure out what, how to bury me later. But my point I'm is, you how. is that we are stable here and secure here. And this is our forever home in a way that we, we're never going to have with, with SUNY under those circumstances so our previous life yeah thanks it, to COVID it had made you know details of this incoming baby right like less important to figure out it's already figured out and that alone is a is a stressor off of our shoulders. so chill quite chill side note I'm real excited to return to a non-burping woman minimal burping woman it's like distorted because i've been pregnant for like the whole year now and i'm keep being like i didn't used to be this disgusting right you did not used to burp it's like so that. gross it's constant oh my gosh feel my contraction you gotta just get that out hey she waits she's oh my gosh gosh it's uh, okay so yeah the contractions started in hawaii and i was only uh, 34 ish weeks and i'm kind of i've been a little surprised by it with suny i didn't have any until you know it was on like donkey kong the night of the birth but this has been like yeah a pretty like I've had, I've had waves that have gotten me out of bed in the middle of the night because I couldn't lay through them, which is kind of intense. Oh, it's going like down into my yoni. Ooh. Tonight, tonight? No, I don't think so. Should I get some towels? How do you even know? <laughs> you know yeah. when a baby comes out. Yeah, you'll know. But I've already had, like, in the last couple of weeks, I've, like, you know, in the kitchen, we have a big island, and I've been like, oh, I'm like, oh, that's weird. But no baby. Okay, 
Mm, yeah, it's been really not heady at all. I feel literally no fear, which is super chill. I just don't feel worried. But also I don't worry. Like that is something I have chosen to eradicate from my personality. I was never a particularly anxious or worried person, but when you really break down, like what is worry, what is anxiety, it is to not be present, right? You can't do both. You can't, I mean, it's also to strategize worst case scenarios and there can be like a sense of feeling like it's helping you prepare. And there's all sorts of ways I think it can trick us, but it is ultimately, you you can't both be anxious, be worried and be present. And kind of like what you were just saying, so much about arriving into this home and into this land and into actualizing everything we've wanted to do for the last 10 years we've been together and even who we were as individuals before that, because we had so many shared dreams. It's so easy to be present inside of all of that now. And I'm feeling that integration happening within the pregnancy mm -hmm. and the preparation for the birth, which really is no preparation. And then we've done cute things like we've set up our tea room as a cute little birthing cave. And which was, which was actually kind of heady. Once I started to think about it, I was like, oh, we haven't even really thought about this or talked about this much. Yeah. Um, at all. You mean the birth? Yeah. yeah. Until like two, two, two seconds ago. And then it was like, what do we physically need? And our list was super short. It was in the middle of the night. I went up to pee for the millionth time and I came back and you had stirred because I had gotten up and I just said, hey, this was like two weeks ago. <laughs> Like literally two or three weeks ago, I was like, hey, should we talk about the birth? And he was like, what's there to talk about? And I was like, I don't know. Like, do I need anything? Like, am I being... We like lay there on the <laughs> We're just thinking. Do we need anything? I was like, okay, I have a towel. We have that. I have a house. Give me hot water. Yeah. And we just kind of like laid there in the middle of the night being like, I think we're fine. Like, is there anything to talk about? I mean, I've already been through birth with, with him and he was perfect and we're super tight and connected. Like there's no, there's no like brewing baggage, you know, for us, like there often can be, and don't recommend that, recommend dealing with that before you give birth, but there just isn't any like new information I needed to portray to you. It was more just like, how do we Equipment. want the setup to be? Yeah. Like, where do we want to put the tub, right? If a tub at all. If a tub at all. Just because I attend births, I have everything. So I was like, well, we may as well put a tub up. Like, I have it. We may as well put together that birth stool. I have it. And so now it's turned into this gorgeous, gorgeous play space, which I'll, I've been meaning to take a picture of it now that it's the like art. Yeah, it's I mean, so it's beautiful. beautiful. Now that the art arrived, once we get that up tonight, I, I should take a video to post because it's so pretty. And Sunye like decorated it with me. She was my little interior designer and decided where all the statues go and where all the candles go and turn them all on and then rearranged like literally because I had like 300 LED, are they LED? Candles from um, the Marie Sue concert at the festival. And so I have a, like an obscene amount of candles to play with <laughs> for my setup. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, in the middle of the night, I was like, we're fine, right? Like, we have what we need. Is there anything else? Am I missing anything? Do I need to buy anything? And we both kind of just giggled and we were like, no, I think it's fine. And then very recently, like just a couple days ago, 
we had our second talk about birth before my mom came. I mean, and it was kind of like a sadder or darker conversation, but it was about, you know, what if the baby is not alive? What if the baby is born not alive? And I realized we were in our hot tub and it just kind of was on my mind. And I had just done a, a, a session with a woman who had had a stillbirth recently. So it was on my mind and my heart, obviously. And I just realized I'd never gone out of my way to talk about that with Johnny. And it's kind of one of those areas that I have a weird amount of experience or an unusual, it's not weird. I have an unusually high amount of experience with non-live birth outcomes because of my birth work, particularly my work in LA. And yeah, so I kind of like know the deal more or less, but of, of like logistically what to do and what not to do and all of that. But I never talked about it with him. And so, yeah, we had that conversation in the hot tub of just basically like, don't sabotage it. Like, don't call, you know, 911 if the baby's born not alive, because that would totally change, you know, those first couple of hours. And there's really no rush to involve the state. You know, we would, of course, at some point. Yeah. But just had that kind of like, real talk which we'd never had and that was it that's literally the only two times we've talked about birth and then my mom just arrived a couple days ago to be here for Sunier and just to flow with her because I don't know what she'll want to do obviously and I don't feel attached to it at all but um she's warmed up to the idea of being present in the beginning she was like no I don't want to be there I don't because she's seen her birth video a lot I show my birth video in the RBK school and she usually comes and watches it with me when it's time to watch it. So she's seen it, you know, quite a bit. Yeah. She's always been like, I don't like the noises you made. I don't want to see that. I'll come afterwards. <laughs> like, Thanks. But she didn't say that now. She didn't say it. Well, because her bestie is Luna, who's Ariel's daughter. And Luna was at Ariel's birth just in, in April here in our community. And so they had a little talk with her and Ariel like had an auntie talk about what what Luna did and how cool it was and that Luna was right there. And so that helped a lot to have someone else like tell her how cool it was. Anyway, so now she wants to be there. She wants to be all involved. She has a present for the baby. So we'll see. I don't really care either way. But I trust her to know what she wants and She's not annoying. So no, she's really not. She doesn't want to be there. She'll just bounce exactly around, and if she doesn't want to be there, she'll be cool. Or we'll kick her out. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think parents really overthink this. Like a lot of the questions I've gotten was, "How are you preparing Suni to be a sister?" Like, I don't. Know. I, I don't. I don't know that we need we to. Waited until she was four. I mean, but that wasn't to prepare her. I know her, but her life is preparing her to be a baby. Well, that, that was what I was going to say. It's like, we are designed to do this. I don't think, I, I, my, my, what I'm commenting on is how over, how much I think people overthink all this stuff with our, with their kids. And so many women will say like, I want my kid there in the tub with me, or I want them. And it's really important that they see the baby. It's like, you can't control that shit. I've been to so many births with children and it's just like saying you want a water birth. Maybe. You think you want to water birth. You think you want your kid there. But then your kid's super annoying or wants a snack 
and you're pushing when they're, you know, it, having a nap, like you can't control it. And there's a layer after that of just letting everything go and just relaxing, you know, and just seeing, seeing what life has for us, you know, because it's usually better than the way we think the whole thing's supposed to go. And then that obviously creates rigidity, which is not compatible with birth, right? Or life. Anyway, so it's fun that she's like more warm about the idea, but I have my mom here, which is sweet because I did invite her to my first birth and she actually declined because she felt too nervous about it, which was responsible. I appreciated her declining, but you know, I free birthed my first and that's intense for a lot of people. And she was like, I'm just not able to be chill. Yeah, enough. But now it's been so long and it's <clears throat> kind of fun. Yeah, because she's a nurse practitioner who was a midwife's assistant and met like medical midwifery and, um, you know, had medical births and pregnancies. And and then she has me, right? Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> she's wonderful. Yeah, she's wonderful. So she's here and that feels very relaxed. We just took a break because our postpartum chef just arrived. That's kind of a good segue. Yeah. So my friend and chef at the festival and retreats that I've done, her name is Malika, met her through the RBK school. She was one of my students and another woman actually pitched the idea to me and then wound up not being able to do it. And so, yeah, that feels really wild and exciting that that's kind of our main postpartum prep thing that we've done. I mean, he's already a stay at home father partner guy. So there's no like work stuff for him that we need to strategize, which obviously is very purposeful and amazing. And yeah, I mean, so we could have just had you. I know that was one of our questions we got quite a bit of was what what was our like our postpartum vision? Yeah. And yeah, to have my mom around. Soon he goes to your school, you know, three to five days a week. Some of my best friends all live around here. Two of them make banana bread and sourdough bread, which is gonna come. Is gonna come in. And then the other one, Brienne, like does breast massage, womb massage, your whole postpartum. Yeah. And then Malika came to live in our Airbnb yurt for six weeks and cook us three meals a day, which is just like unbelievable, mind-blowingly, yeah, unbelievable that that is available to us and. Yeah, I can't even imagine well, what that's going to be like. We obviously um, prioritize the postpartum period. Of course. Pretty heavily. And, and my last postpartum was amazing, but I don't have a freaking chef. Right. Well, we've worked hard to Yeah, seriously. build that ability. Plus, like, if I'm going to teach about making your postpartum in bliss, I should probably, like, take my own advice, which in my workshop, I was like, get a chef if you can. Yeah, so that works out amazing because we built all these rentals on the property so she can just stay in one. I mean, I, I had a quite emotional when she sent me the menu, the sample menu last week. I just cried and was like, whoa, what a what an expansion for my family and what a gift. What a just that it's, it's insane. Like what a blessing that we can have that. And that there's a woman in our community who was down to do that and that we have the um, accommodations to offer it with ease. And 
you know, he makes all the food for our family right now. I don't do any of it. And that he won't have to, you know, and that it's her lane of genius. She's so thrilled to be here. Um, she's also going to serve our other family friends who live on the property who also just had a baby a week ago. It's just, It'll wow. Be than my cooking. It'll definitely be better. Although yours is great when you try. You're simple. You're a simple man. <sighs> Burping and contracting while we record. It's quite... Um, quite honest <laughs> uh, okay so yeah I feel whoo, sensations I feel excited I feel really quite relaxed about the whole thing and you know it's been on my mind a lot like preparing for birth is a ceremony it is a rite of passage it deserves that it asks for that and just really the biggest thing that comes up for me is is the enormous gratitude and and pride doesn't feel like quite the right word but like i'm so proud of what we have created that this can all be so integrated you know even that 95 plus percent of american women pack a bag and go somewhere you know and like not even getting into all of the insanity that goes on there but just the difference in my system in my body and in our family that I'm just here you know because with the last one yeah it was home but it was a rental we'd only been in it for a couple weeks it wasn't home with a capital h like this place <laughs> yeah and I felt nesting for the first time because I never really felt that I feel nasty <laughs> yeah like, am I nasty I feel like nasty. decluttered the shit out of our kitchen and every corner of our house now and that felt really good and you know I mean I really work a lot and I'm very focused on what I'm doing with FBS and so that takes up a lot of my consciousness in a week and so it's been nice to just minimize that a little bit and spend more time focusing on like home projects. Cause all that stuff gets way backburnered for me throughout the year. Yeah. Just to feel more like engaged in our house, you know, and with you guys and it's just really actually been quite a wonderful last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And I think the next few will be similar to that. Oh yeah. Well, I'm just going to lay in bed and right. get fed. <laughs> super homebound. And... Oh, but I was saying preparing for a ceremony, you know, so um, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I have, you know, pretty extensive experience with psychedelics and approaching that in a very similar way, you know, and I certainly have had lots of experience getting my ass kicked with it, especially the last time. And it's all the same, you know, like I'm not preparing for it to be any particular way. I'm preparing for it to be whatever it is. and. I'm not, I don't know if I have the skills to articulate exactly what I mean by that. But like when I looked at the birth room, it's just holding, holding all of it so lightly, you know, and, and it's about creating the opportunity to relax into it and say yes to whatever comes up. But like, I might not even go into the birth room, right? I might wake up and have a 40 minute birth and be puking the whole time. It's great. 
I mean, that's definitely not my preference if I get to say. I am so much more centered and grounded and clear and, and unconditioned. Like I've done so much unlearning and I'm really curious what, especially pulling from plant medicine ceremonies I've been in that have been really hard, uh, but in a beautiful way, like what, who am I in this in total surrender? Because I didn't totally surrender last time. And, you know, you can go back and listen to my birth story as it's quite a, quite an epic tale, but um, yeah, my, what, and when I had my mother blessing and I shared my birth vision, it was really the first time I had thought about it in that detail. And something I shared with my sisters was I want my mantra to be, yes, please give me more. Just yes, please give me more. And that came up for me in, in my last ayahuasca ceremony prior to this pregnancy that it wasn't until I stopped like begging for help internally and could get to that empty of a like no ego place that I could figure out how to switch out of suffering and into like ecstatic pleasure. So we'll see. Yes, please give me more. Remind me of that. Yeah, I don't feel afraid. And I feel way less controlling. And I didn't even know I was. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like very... Yeah, but I've had my ass kicked so much in the last four years <laughs> in a good way. Including during that birth. I mean, totally. That's the other thing, right? Is yeah, even if I have another long birth, which is not super common, but it certainly could. And that's kind of what like, broke me last time. I already know through a lived experience, you know, that it's normal and great and had so many lessons for me. And yeah, I mean, this is kind of the fun part about not being a first time mom, right? Like, the baby stuff seems super chill. Like nothing feels scary or stressful. Yeah. Really enjoying that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he went to a wedding where he's from in Utah recently. And so I had a bunch of my girlfriends come and stay with me because I didn't want to be alone with SUNY, especially in case I birthed. Cause I was like 37 weeks or something. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I got food poisoning. Oh. And he was gone. Yeah. And I freaking, I guess it was from this burger that I ate. It was bad. But only for like 12 hours. Oh my God. Thank God. All my friends were here. Yeah, that was another fun. Woo! It's been quite the ride. It's been quite the ride. It's great. Love it. Yeah. All right, let's do questions. Now for some questions. Okay. Well, this one right here caught my eye. It says, What's been your favorite way to connect as a couple the second time around? Rubbing your feet at night. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Nice, I wasn't like, expecting that. Nice, like, sit down, touch in, quiet of the day. Although Suni is now also requesting that I rub her feet before, too. It was cute the first time. And now I'm like, get out of here. Like My point. feet are swollen. She just like in the last two weeks has just turned into me. Yeah. Like says well. all she's me. For better or worse. Okay, rubbing my feet. Great. Yeah. Love that. Let's keep that yeah. up. Okay. How is this pregnancy even different? Well, I already explained it. Also, all I did was sleep and watch Outlander in the first pregnancy. And I've taken like two or three naps and watched no TV in this pregnancy because I'm busy. 
feelings on becoming a parent of two? I have no feelings. You have no feelings. <laughs> I'm totally excited. I'm thrilled that she's four and a half. It doesn't feel overwhelming. We're like, eh. like I don't have two babies. Uh-uh. That's not for me. Yeah. I feel ready. It helps that she's so excited. You know? Like that makes it really, really sweet. But we have a line in our family or like a motto, no use in having an opinion on it. And it's just something we said to each other forever. Just when something is going on that's like written, you know, like out of our control, out of our control, there's nothing we can do about it. We will say to each other, ah, well, there's no use in having an opinion on it. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> I've said stuff like, oh my God, I hope it's not a dud because Suni was like so perfect. I've had some nervousness about, cause I think it's a boy. Like, are they going to be insane? Cause I'm real not yeah. into that. Suni never jumped on the couch. <laughs> yeah. I'm really not into like intense, wild uh, energy. I, I like my house very chill. Yeah. I like like manners and politeness and chillness in my children. <laughs> so I guess I have felt some nervousness about like we can groom that into them, right? Like we'll see. But boys are nuts. So nah. well we'll see. Anyway. I I have some feelings about it. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Um I have been feeling a little bit and it hasn't been too strong, but a little bit of mourning the loss of just the three of us as Suni is our only little roll dog. Uh-huh. Um, it reminds me of when like kind of the only I don't know doubt or hesitation point that I had the first time around was just that it wasn't going to be you and I anymore. And you know it's certainly different but it's been so wonderful to have Suni and I'm sure it'll be so wonderful to have whatever little pipsqueaks in there not a dud. Not a dud. Um, I felt that yeah. about me and you bringing in a baby because mm-hmm. we just love us and yeah. being together and our friendship and our relationship and our adventures. And, yeah. but I didn't, I haven't felt any of that with adding, really? but a lot of parents say that. And a lot of moms are like, how am I ever going to love another kid as much as I love my first? And how, yeah, like it's not going to just be us three, but I haven't really thought that at all. Yeah. I thought it a couple of times like all the stuff she and I do together Mm -hmm. like how is this new thing going to change that balance yeah it's going to be awesome I'm sure what did conscious conception look like this time around it was way less romantic it was way less like Mm -hmm. spiritual like the first time we did a 90 day cleanse and Mm -hmm. he put rose petals in my bath every night and we would like saw a shaman (laughs) for some for some illumination of the testicles and, and ovaries maybe that's why suni's so amazing oh, this no. is why i'm worried that we haven't done this we didn't done. this is what i'm saying we didn't do any of that with this one. Oh my gosh nope we just had sex i mean we like it's still conscious conception because i was like i'm ready and you're like you're ready and then we like made love and got pregnant and we called the baby and there was no protection all of that great but the first one was like a whole to do it kind of sums up this whole pregnancy totally too, it was just like yeah we're doing this thing that is this pregnancy it's another human child yeah. in our family in our life forever hopefully so, i forgot about the shaman yeah what are you going to do different with this birth than your first 
um, not trip. I also had two women. I mean, one was my dear friend and one was my sister, my blood sister. And I don't really think that's probably going to happen this time. Well, definitely not my sister, but like, I just picture being alone and having him nearby and my mom and Suni, if they want to watch the baby come out, can, I don't really care. It's a possibility I'd have Hannah Grace come over to just take some pictures if I wanted in the moment, but that feels like a big difference. I mean, wanting to be alone and imagining that I'll just kind of be alone for most of it feels different. Um, doo -doo -doo. Are you opting out of birth certificates with the state of the world? No. Mm -mm. I don't think I want to. No, that sounds hard. Figure that out. Enjoying pregnancy. I mean, you know, any tips on enjoying pregnancy? You literally just choose it. Like, you just have to choose it. Have your man rub your feet. Get a really comfortable pregnancy pillow. I got one that looks like a giant tooth. It's so comfortable. It yeah, but you know, everything is, she, this woman says I'm in the middle of wild pregnancy and hate it. I mean, you know, it's your choice. Just like it was mine to suffer or to not. So you could just stop if you really want to. Just for fun, haircuts on your kids. If it's a boy, will you keep it long or short? I have no idea. Has your girl had a haircut yet? Not really. Ariel like kind of trimmed it once. Do you have a beginner's guide to free birth? I want to have one. Where do I begin? You are in luck. Yes, we do. Our flagship course is called the complete guide to free birth. You can go to the website and buy it. And that's where you begin. Favorite things to do as far as homesteading goes. I'll let you ask, answer that since I have nothing to say about that. Favorite things to do. The chickens are fun. And then. Um, I love to make compost tea and spray it on everything. <laughs> What's your advice on getting dads prepared for free birth assistance? My advice? Mm -hmm. Well, what assistance do you think that you're going to be giving? Or support. Support is different because that's really going to be your only role. And I think only you and your partner can answer that. Your role is to do whatever she needs in order to optimize your situation. So it's hard. I, I get that question a lot, actually. And it's kind of hard to articulate what you should be doing because the answer is really not very much. Do whatever she wants. Do whatever she wants. There's plenty of times where you can do what you want and things like that. And that's another category. But birth is women's work and you should be there in a support role. How does fundal massage and per perineum tearing repair work in a free birth? Nobody abuses your fundus in a free birth and it's totally unnecessary and spontaneous physiological tears heal. So you just stay in bed with your legs together and free bleed. It's quite simple. When are you due? Now. Today. Anytime. Anytime. Does Sunia still sleep with you guys? If so, are you worried? The baby will wake her up. <laughs> no, I am not worried. She does, sort of. She does <laughs> sleep with us. We can't get rid of her. We haven't been able to pry her out of bed quite yet. She goes through phases. She's she has of, a bed next to our bed. She's kind of on an out phase. She's kind of on, in, in her bed phase. But then she sneaks in in the night. It's not an airtight system. It's not airtight. But no, we are not worried about the baby waking her up. She Who cares? It's also fine. Right. Angel Hannah wants the pink and fluffy recipe. 
secret. <laughs> we'll text you. It's in the vault. What is your favorite part of watching Suni change and grow as I've been pregnant? She's just so cute. Um, it has been really sweet to watch her go from like totally ambivalent to the yeah. to loving on Oki as we call him or her in the womb and kissing on mama's belly and talking, talking. constantly. She's always like, hey, Oki, it's your sister. I can't wait to be with you. I know you're already so cute. And your favorite color is yellow. Yeah, we play sorry with her and she, none of us want to ever be yellow. So she's been telling Oki that his favorite color is definitely yellow so yeah. that he'll play that role. Yeah. How has it been being pregnant and working so much? I don't know. I mean, I guess I could have used more naps, but in another way, like my work is everything that I love that I'm spending in my life, you know, and it provides for my family and for this whole thing. So to be in a really devoted creative process the whole time in pregnancy, I think has helped me not overly wallow. Like, of course I've had days where I'm like, I really don't want to do anything. Yeah, but I love everything that I do. So, you know, I guess part the parts that I haven't loved, it's definitely inspired me to delegate and outsource and all that. How do you plan to set your biz up for postpartum? I'm bringing on more people. I mean, I scheduled my whole year for this pregnancy to happen in the fall. You know, we're not doing RBK in the fall. So it's kind of, I mean, this is part of the conscious conception for our life is how financially and just like managerially, how does this all run with me also really protecting my postpartum? And I feel really good about it. And I'm not like a workaholic. Like I do what I need to do. I, I'm not like you, I don't use work to not be in my life. Like I think a lot of people probably do. So I'm stoked to put it into neutral and just do the bare minimum and just be in this time. I mean, I loved postpartum with you and Sunier last time so much. Oh, that was nice. And it's going to be even more amazing this time. So chill. yeah, I'm thrilled. Hmm, this is for you. How does it feel to be in relationship <laughs> with such a powerful woman? It feels awesome. Is that real? Yeah, look. <laughs> With such a gorgeous <laughs> dynamic woman. It's amazing. It comes with a lot of stretching my boundaries as more of like an introverted type of person. Um, you are not that. So it means that there's a lot of things happening and a lot of people around all the time. And so that has sort of <laughs> stretched my comfort zone a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. He's not like an insecure, ego, fragile, machismo, misogynist, like a lot of them out there, you know? So he's never been negatively confronted mm -hmm. by not, my... Not intimidated by... Yeah, I mean, you're terrified of me, but... Well, being scared and being intimidated <laughs> is different, thank you. Um, yeah, but I don't feel like my ego is a threat to her or threatened rather by her success or her. That would be so charisma. weird and lame. It, it wouldn't work. This long. Yeah. You know, and I also, I think a lot of men have so much of their identity tied up in how they make money or 
you know, providing for many men and fathers is primarily through the financial realm. And mine isn't at this time and probably won't be again for any time soon, at least. But there are so many other ways that I provide oh my for God. family, you know, that isn't necessarily like I go to work and then I come home and dad does the job thing. Right. That was a drag. And it oh. wasn't actually serving our family when we both did it. And Terrible. So, you know, we chose to eliminate my income and not hers. And I'm pretty sure it was the right move. So, for sure. Will Johnny help with sleep and feeding? <laughs> sleep, be, getting me to sleep and getting me to eat. I will help her sleep. Well, a lot of people ask about the sleep situation. Yeah, I mean, the baby will just be in my armpit and on me and duh. With Sumi, I did most of the midday naps and stuff for, for much of her life. I don't remember. The first few weeks. It was, yeah. yeah. She always had to like lay her head one particular way. Back, yeah. And still to this day, I do most of the naps with her. So I'm sure there will be some similar dynamic with the next one. As soon as it can be. Right. Like, no, I mean, there's nothing that really for me to do other than again be a support and help mama relax and recover and handle the day-to-day -day stuff of the house that she's not going to be doing any longer and um, all of that kind of stuff is as i see it my role in the labor and delivery and postpartum and our life process what kind of family planning did we use between kids i mean you track your cycle pretty I was going to make a joke and say abstinence. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I mean, I've always been a fan of condoms in that they help you not get pregnant. They seem to. Yeah. They do a really, really good job. Yeah. yeah. Tracking my cycle, condoms, not having sex with ejaculation when I'm fertile. I mean, the obvious stuff. Yeah. Uh, did you two always have the same ideologies or visions for your life? Pretty much. I mean, God. our life is pretty reflective, actually, of our some of our very first dreams together, of like how we were going to build something special, and it looks a lot like what we have now. And yeah. There's been some stuff that has fallen away, and things obviously that we've prioritized. Well, we were liberal different. when we got together. Yeah. And then we became not liberal. At the same time, thank God. Yeah. But that's amazing. Yeah. Because COVID like destroyed a lot of relationships. Mm -hmm. No, we have always, our growth trajectory has been together um, primarily. So thankfully, thank God. Not apart. Yeah, but early on, we wanted, you know, to buy a bunch of acreage out in the country and like start a, you know, permaculture based homestead farm. Um, well our things are very complementary and, and birth outside the system woven into it yeah and, and because i'm i think permaculture and all that stuff's like cool but i don't like want to go farm you know but he does and then obviously i'm doing my stuff so our our passions are very compatible but our ideologies have changed and matured and grown together mm -hmm. thank god and political views. I mean, all of it. It's really not ever been hard. And you witnessing me like leaving liberal feminism 
you just like were like yes this all makes sense the whole time yeah well and, and i mean not to go too far down this road but many of our ideologies actually haven't changed that much but what is acceptable as appropriate ideology has shifted to no longer include us right did you use caffeine in this pregnancy every day yep i sure did and do um i feel like this is great was there any others that you wanted to ask great that was great i feel like it's medium it was fine i feel like we did it i think it was done we didn't take naps yeah we know the baby's name no i'm not worried about the baby not having a face this time It's funny, like, random strangers know that about me. And, yeah, I think we covered most of these. A lot of women have asked about wanting to hear more about, yeah, have we always been on the same page with the pregnancy stuff? Yeah, I mean, Johnny is not confused about, we as a couple are not confused about whose lane is what, you know, and my body and mothering is a hundred percent my lane right so I wouldn't I like couldn't even wrap my head around anything that's not that but it's not hard for him to default to trusting my maternal choices right which the way that we birth as women is our maternal choice yeah but he's never he's not controlling at all he's not a narcissist he's not you know, he's not what a lot of women deal with, with their partners for whatever reason. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. But also, you know, you're my greatest teacher. And so you have, especially as your perspectives have changed and your experience grown so rapidly and, and what you learned, you passed on to me in very real time as it was happening to you. And so I was like, oh yeah, no, right. That sounds good. Totally. What yeah. you're saying makes sense. So thank thank you. It's interesting. So many women have asked questions around like how do I connect to my baby? I'm like that's like to me, it's like asking like how I connect to my heart or my elbow. Like it's not it's not a cognitive exercise. You know, like, I mean, you can have a thought and therefore feel some connection. Like, obviously, they're moving all the time. And so sometimes I feel very rarely I feel inspired to, like, talk to them. But, you know, I've really let go of this idea that you're supposed to, like, connect to your baby and, like, meditate to your baby. And your baby is you. And really, my work is trying to, like, learn that, that mother baby is one word. And so there isn't anything you have to do at all. Do what, do what you're inspired to do. Yeah. A lot of people asking about the spacing. I just, we were not interested in having kids close together. No way. I just, I mean, I obviously am in the birth world and I don't really ever see that not be stressful and not be hard. And I got too much going on. I don't want to be stressed. And maybe it would have been great to have them two years apart. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> yeah. so for me. Maybe it is for someone out there, but no. I like we We wanted to wait until Sunni was old enough that she was a little more independent, was able to help. And 
we would like check in about it. It was obvious, you know, like how it would feel. Like, could you imagine if I was pregnant now? Like Mm -hmm. it was obvious, like two is a big age. I don't, we didn't find it particularly hard, but it was, you know, you're all freaking in with them and yeah, we just don't want to be stressed or overwhelmed. How did you get your husband comfortable with birth outside the system? Yeah, I definitely didn't. I also we just like went, we just like went on that journey together. Yeah, but like this is gonna sound like weirder than I mean it, but like I I don't even care. Like it never even occurred to me to think about his comfort. It never even occurred to me. Now we could argue that's because you were down. You know, it's not like you came to me and said, "Hey, I'm really." not feeling comfortable with this but I imagine if you had I would be like well great you have all the resources available to you that I do like if I'm not enough like to teach you what you need to know or whatever then please figure it out but you know I don't like hero my husband so that he never has to feel discomfort like he's an adult that I am equal to right and so I see women take on all this heroic work to control how their husbands think and feel. And I just wouldn't respect our marriage if that was how we dealt with each other. He also provides a tremendous amount of trust and respect and like, there's not a hierarchy in our marriage. It's not like what I say goes and what he said or what he says goes, or he's controlling or we're like placating each other. Like we are very strongly, clear individuals that are supporting each other to be who we want to be you know and that's basically like our vows in our marriage was like we don't know how long it'll last but let's not forget (laughs) that the whole point of why we're choosing this we don't need it for survival like in you know historically it's like we're choosing to be partnered so that we can be better versions of ourselves and so that we can be like twice as big in the world and so yeah I mean we made a commitment to each other very early to never hinder that And it's come up in a lot of different ways, not just, I mean, I don't think this was even on the table that it would hinder, but I trust and believe that if, if there were any waves of discomfort or fear for him, he would have just dealt with it because that's what a mature, responsible husband, you know, partner, adult would do. Also, he's not threatened by my radicality and by like, you know, like he's turned on by me being this like badass, you know, that like does her own thing. Like he's not trying to um, cage that. Right. And I wouldn't have married him or partnered up with him if that was the case. Yeah. And, you know, I saw you go to, or rather most important is I saw you come home from countless births inside the system that were horrific. And the stories that I heard and the, you know, the like secondary trauma that I watched her go through was like, why the fuck would anyone go voluntarily into that in the most vulnerable time for mother baby? Like, no way should we be doing that. And so it wasn't, it didn't even occur to me that like when, when the, when the first thoughts of like, we could do it outside of that system occurred it was instantly like, oh, yes, of course we should, because that is fucked up. So we should just be here. And, you know, so there was no, it's it's not like I came to her and, you know, in the state she is now and had all of that 
reprogramming to do in a short amount of time. You know, I came to it on a similar trajectory and time course that you came to it actually. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was never, there was, it was never, there was never any other way that we would be birthing in my life. Perennial massage leading up to the birth. Is it helpful? No. Nope. Okay. There's a lot more, but I feel like this is long and I'm hot. Yeah, you are. That hot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the last thing I guess I'll touch on is uh, quite a few of you have asked about what do I mean when I talk about like slipping into the veil and the pull into the veil and birth being psychedelic and all of that. Yeah. I just, I didn't experience the veil thing as much with SUNY. I kind of felt we went to the beach and I felt pretty spacey. And then that, that night we had sex and then I woke up at 3am and was in labor. So there wasn't like whatever I'm going through now, which has been every day, every, I mean, you could look back like really since Hawaii, I guess, I just feel like I'm like drifting into, yeah, an altered state, like having work conversations meeting with my lawyers, trying to explain stuff, especially after like 2 or 3 p.m. is just challenging. My brain is mushy. I feel like we were at the grocery store the other day and you were like, did you smoke weed? It's like, no, but I couldn't, I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear anybody. It was so bizarre once he pointed it out I was like oh yeah I guess I'm just kind of in my own little world but that's not normally how I am at all usually I'm very like alert and connected and like aware and yeah just felt this I'm just feeling what is hormonally happening which is this yeah this drift into this altered state that's pulling me towards this you know big biological physiological event and birth can be very psychedelic. Parts of mine were. I've seen lots of women give birth in very psychedelic states. And, you know, I think the the more undisturbed you are, the more you can get down into your theta brainwaves and just go. Um, all sorts of cool stuff can happen. You know, you hear the the stuff around like women travel to the stars to get their baby souls. Some women stay very in the room, but some women really do travel through that altered state. <clears throat> It can be very underworld, it can be very cosmic, it can be very primal, it can be very orgasmic, it can be very scary. Yeah. Anyway, I feel fairly, fairly altered, like every day, like waking up like that and just, wow. It's it's noticeably different from how you normally are at it, yeah. which is like a hummingbird, really sharp, really right. quick, really decisive. And now you're like, like a turtle. <laughs> I am. I can't even talk. I feel like I did a pretty good job right now. You did great. You're amazing. <sighs> All right. 40 week wrap up. 40 weeks. We didn't even plan that it was going to be today. It was going to be like a week ago, but everything takes forever. And so here we are. Turtle. Ooh. Okay. Wish me luck. I guess by the time you guys see this, there will be a baby. Thanks for watching. If you've stayed all the way till the end, I hope this was just was as fun fine. for you as it was for it us. It was fine. It was fine. Okay. It was okay. And we will be back 
with the 40 week wrap up on number three in yeah, another five years <laughs> any last any famous last words no Whew. let's go have a baby thanks for having me on the show twice <laughs> mm, love i love you, you. and you're great And that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching, learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on freebirthsociety.com. Our online courses are on freebirthsocietycourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise. And the revolution starts inside each of us. I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honoured. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralysing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts. Keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love. Everything with intention. Death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the start.